Michael Kaplan. Hello. What's up, sir? What is, what, can this thing go uh, How are you? It's, I'm happy to be back. I'm very happy that you are back. So very happy. All right. Are you seeing whatever that thing is on the bottom, or am I only seeing that? Uh, I see something that says StreamYard what? live viewer comments show up. This is an example. Oh, man. I don't want that. Get out of here, live example banner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, crap. Example banner folder has me. Get up. What the hell? All right. Well, now we have an example. It's an example to us all for what a what a live viewer thing should go. And I'm okay with it. I'll I'm just gonna be okay with it. Sure. I wanted to say to you. Spring it on. Oh, that's so nice of you to say. <laughs> that dude. <laughs> it's a, it's a, such a pleasant changing of the seasons, and it's still bright outside. It just makes you feel so alive and such. It does. I I enjoy the light. <laughs> yeah. So. So what was the motivation with growing your hair out, man? Oh, uh, I'm glad that you asked. And uh, I would say that the main factor was uh, about a year ago, a global pandemic began and there were these recommendations in place uh, for people to not go out uh, except for essential meetings or gatherings or purposes. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed to me that uh, based on all the, the haircuts that I'd had over the years, that none of them were really essential. Uh, and so I, other than a brief, I, I think maybe a year ago, maybe last April, uh, my girlfriend who I live with uh, trimmed up like the, it, it got a little bit mullet like uh so mm -hmm. she de-mulletified it but other than that uh brief diy at home trim uh this is just uh this is pandemic hair this is uh just uh i don't i haven't needed to like i would reasons that i would get haircuts in the past uh, would often center around being like, oh, I've got like a, if I have a, a TV appearance coming up, I'll get it officially, professionally niced up. Uh, if there was some some reason, an audition, a festival, uh, you know, a thing in the world, that's the most of my haircuts revolved around a thing in the world. And now uh, for the past year, I don't know if you've been living in the same global community that i have but there haven't been as many going out and doing things in the world uh opportunities and so i, I saw it as like a, a a mega opportunity to grow my hair to the point that uh, this is probably this is the longest it's been since end of high school beginning of college when i did have uh i think it was a little it got a little longer uh shoulder length ponytail but uh, yeah, short answer, uh, short answer long. Um, 
definitely just uh, protecting the lives and families of uh, barbershop employees. There you go. Well, I like it. I do. And I think that this is this this is a cool look. I wish I could grow that as well. I'm jealous of your, oh. of your growth. Well, we, we all have, you know, we all have our own uh, strengths and fortes and such. And uh, I mean, you've got you've got a sizable goatee situation going on there. And there's probably like like in comedy, you know, sometimes I, I can look at other folks who have accomplished uh some metrics some achievements uh that are qualitatively or quantitatively uh larger or different than what i have done and i can say oh i'd i'd love to do that perform in that venue uh get that opportunity but then i realize sometimes uh there are of course people who i'm sure could look at what i've done and where i've been and where i am and they could be thinking I wish that I could be there. And so you look at the fact that I can grow hair on my cheeks and think, I wish that could be me when there's probably people with bald chins out there that are looking at you thinking like, you don't even know how good you have it. Well, yeah, I I had a, I had a bit about this that I was doing before the world stopped where I was saying, we have to stop comparing ourselves to everybody. And I would say, I would say, like you look at somebody and you say, hey, that guy's got a nice car. He's got a nice, he must have a nice job. He's got a probably a pretty girlfriend. He's got his whole life all together. And and I think about it like birds. You know, birds, some of them still get hit by cars. They got the entire sky. Not everybody's got it all figured out. So- uh, that, that is a, I like that bit. It's true. Birds. Birds do have a lot more dimensional space to operate in, and yet uh, they certainly didn't evolve to know about cars or even uh, motionless buildings. Sometimes they'll fly just into a window, unfortunately. So I hope uh, good luck, birds. <laughs> so what what I what I did with the first the first time we did this when I I was like early on. I mean, I was forty forty eighth episode in in the first year. And I think I, you were for sure the first person who was of name value to respond to me. And so I was, I was understandably a little bit nervous about, and you know what, I thought I had made a really bad impression on you. And I just was like in my head and anxious about, of course, like everybody gets anxious about everything. And it was like, I was talking too fast and like, like I'm trying to do right now, but it's like, I knew I had, I had pointed something out that was on your like Twitter banner. Do you remember this? I don't. Uh, I'll I'll say I'll just jump in briefly and say I don't specifically remember uh, how the conversation went, but I don't. Uh, that includes not having any kind of negative taste in my mouth when it comes to like there's a there's a Mark Marin story that he tells about like performing for an audience. Uh, full of laughing people and just one guy up front who isn't laughing and mm-hmm. who, who may, I don't know if he has his arms folded or if he just has, you know, a, a, a stone expression on his face, whatever it is, doesn't seem like he's happy. And so Mark in, in the bit, in the story, in his life, he's like, I'm in my head, like, oh man, this guy hates me. I got to win over this guy, this guy, that guy ruined 
Mark's experience because he's like, that's the one guy who's like, fuck you. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's the one that he focused on. And then after the show, Mark says, uh, the guy comes up to him and is like, hey man, that was great. I love the show. And then Mark's like, oh no, that fuck you guy was only in my head. So what similarly, uh, as an analogy here, whatever, I mean, you, whatever experience you remember, whatever you had there, whatever you have now, uh, is almost, uh, almost essentially only in your head and experience. So like, there are very few podcasts I've been on where I'm like, I should never go back on that podcast. You know what I mean? Uh, Probably such a mixture of like everybody asking you the exact same questions that you've already been asked on every podcast. Like I've experienced that many, many, many times where it's like, all right, well, they could just go and listen to any other podcast to hear the story of how I started. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to unbox that shit again. Let's just talk about some new shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I also, when people ask me questions that I have been asked before, I, I like to take the opportunity to like, I'm a different person now, you know, like if I, if I was answering the question when I was 25 as to how I started doing comedy the year before, you know, uh, I'm going to answer it differently than when I'm, you know, now 18, 19 years into doing comedy. And, uh, I find, uh, I mean, of course I love, I love new questions. I love new topics. I love, uh, getting to think about things that I haven't thought of having new ideas. I find that I'm able to have new ideas, even when people ask uh, the quote unquote, same old questions. Like I'm, I'm able to be, it's, it's like that thing, you know, it's not a, this is not a hard, fast rule, but the idea that, you know, if you're bored, you're boring, you know, like how, like, especially, I mean, in today's, world where you might have access to the internet and books and all kinds of media uh and other like but if even if you're just by yourself you know your mind you can think things you can feel things you can explore things with your your body and your you know the the things about the parts of you that are not your body and so i I, I was on a I was on a podcast a couple months ago or sometime during the pandemic, so possibly a million years ago. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember like somebody asked me it was a younger comedian's podcast, and he asked me a question in a like a self-aware way. He's like, I'm sure you've answered this question before, but I don't know the answer, and I'd love to have the answer. And like I appreciated that self-awareness. That was a new element to it. And he's like, I hope that you don't think I forget. I forget what it was exactly, but I the joke that I made was something like, like even if your question is the dumbest question like that I've ever heard, like I am, I have optimism and confidence and faith in myself. Like I think so highly of my capacity to answer even the most foolish question in a way that can be, you know, a new fun playground. So. All that said, however our conversation went the first time, I understand uh, evolving is a theme that you care about. So it's great. Even if, if it went poorly, then all the better opportunity for, for an evolution now. Well, I, 
that's why I, I love to be able to check in with people, especially especially if it's been some years to check back in and see. Because honestly, let me go back to to my point of talking about the the origin story and being asked Please. that same questions a ton of times. Like with me personally, when someone asks me a question I've been asked a bunch of times, instead of being a jerk and being like, wow, I've been, I'm tired of answering this question, I can find new things or maybe you remember st new things about a story that I didn't know or like didn't have ready in the front of my brain. And so it's it's a neat little exercise to jump through these these memories and and I feel the same new cool things about them. And, you know, maybe maybe with my maybe with my 37 year old brain, be able to wring some important lessons out of it. Oh yeah, I I think that's a a very good attitude that I share. I uh, I mean, it's it's nice if somebody asks a new question, then you get to answer a new question. If somebody asks an old question, it's like uh, you know the greatest hits. You know, it's sort of with uh, my grandmother died a year ago at age ninety one, and I was, was, was going to bring that up. I'm, so I, oh. I heard about. That I'm so sorry. That oh, you thank you. I mean, I. I'm I'm okay. I I I miss her. I I love her, and I'm sad that I, we won't get to speak in life directly to each other uh, the way we would when we were both alive anymore. But uh, the reason I bring her up is specifically she would sometimes tell the same stories, you know. And it's funny because like I had her on my podcast a couple years ago, a couple years before she died, and. Uh, I got like I I asked her ab about her origin story, essentially, like, you know, f as much about her life as I could uh, get from her. And there were so many stories that I hadn't heard, you know, and she was telling me stories about her childhood. Like I'd heard some like, you know, there's the the classic ones that it's sort of like I, I think of her as like she's a band, you know, and there's there's the hits and like, oh, yeah, I know that one. I know that one. But then there's all these B-sides and rarities, you know, from her 91 year at the time, you know, 88 year career uh, in life. And and so but the point of this now, the reason I bring it up is I used to when she would start to tell the same story think like, uh, here comes the same story again. But I just was able to, you know, at least not uh, I, pretty recently, like I feel like a few years before she died, I was like, you know, like I love my grandmother. She's not going to be here forever. I I love talking to her. And I think even like the, the stories that she tells over and over again, sometimes they're funny. And either way, I can reframe it as like, oh, grandma's going to go into this one. Oh, okay. it's like it's like, you know, Bob Dylan getting ready to do blowing in the wind, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, I'm going to um, I, I might talk about something I, I don't know if I've talked about on here before, but uh, wow. I, I, I had my mom on here um, and I just, you know, just hearing a lot of her origin stories, talking about talking about, you know, her. Her telling me about her, like, almost she almost died with like uh, giving birth to my older sister, and and the and the story with when the nurse was taking care of her and how she she like realized she was probably attracted to this woman and she like started exploring the fact that she was probably a lesbian, like like unboxing it a little bit more than she was unboxing it to herself, and then so on and so on and so on, and then. All this is important to me because 
in the end of it, maybe not even in the end, all during it, I could tell her on the record, this stuff's outliving us. And I want to make sure on the record, I'm letting you know how much I'm grateful that you've given up your entire life to be my mom. You've done the best job you can do. I'm so proud of who I am. Thanks to who you are. Now, all, all that is super important to me. Then months later, I get a phone call from my father. And this is the part I never talked about in this podcast. My dad was like, he like wrote down a list. And he was like, when she said this, she was lying. When she said this, she was lying. When she said that, that bullshit. Uh, I don't, and it was like, he was like, he like fact check it and wrote out a list of all the stuff. I'm like, look, I, I know that she's told these stories so many times that these are the stories that she's convinced her narrative, even if they're not all the way true or not all the way false. There is a part of it that helps her identify with who she is, and that's the person I love. I'm not going to go, oh, that's bullshit. What stop trying to feed me all this lies, all this propaganda, all this momaganda. I like it, mom and propaganda. Uh, have you had your – What did your dad tell you those things also on the record on the podcast or just uh... – my, my dad said, I don't know why you – decide to share your personal life on the worldwide weird. And I said, that's the most 60-year-old thing you've ever said in your life. Ha. What What is your dad's job? Oh, he's a truck driver. Hmm. He lives in Texas. I don't, I don't really talk to him very much, but, you know, he's there. I see. Uh, that's, that's really something. You know, I, I just, before the pandemic began, my mom was not uh, on social media and she had not used things like Zoom. Uh, my grandmother had been. Her mother uh, had been on Facebook uh, pretty regularly, which I'm very grateful for. There's still, you know, a digital imprint that I can go back and revisit uh, from time to time. And uh, but when my grandmother died, my mom joined Facebook because I'd been telling my mom, like I put, you know, I posted about it and a lot of people were saying really nice things and I was passing them along to my mom and mom was like, oh, why don't I eliminate the, the middle person mm -hmm. aspect of this machinery? My mom learned how to use Facebook. And then with the pandemic learned how to use zoom, learned how to go to like Instagram live shows, learned how to watch live streaming things, uh, all the various ways that I do them so that she could, you know, even though she's living at home alone, she could have this new activity. Yeah. Um, and specifically, uh, I'm, I'm grateful, you know, there's so many things, so many challenges to so many people, medically, physically, emotionally, financially, politically, socially, spiritually over the past year. And also within this, like, all the technological advances have in some ways strengthened or enhanced some social interactions and capacities, at least with my mom. You know, I used to talk to her for 15 minutes on the phone once a week. Now we talk, we talk more, but also she comes to shows and we play code names, this fun game over Zoom uh, once a week with uh, my friends and her friends and some of my friends' moms. And uh, this is all to say, uh, I got to have my mom on my podcast where previously, I don't know that there would have been a way, uh, to do that. And then I also had my dad on the podcast. My dad's been on Facebook and like more, uh, tech 
aware and uh, engaging with for several years. And uh, but it was just it's really nice to I mean, part of have part of the reason that I ever started podcasting at all uh, podcast origin story wise is I remember probably around 2012. I oh, this is actually this is funny in an, in an additional way. I believe the podcast that I was on was uh, my friend Andy Beckerman, who at the time I didn't know well, but now I know is a very nice man, very funny comedian. I forget he, he was hosting this show with somebody else. And I think the show was called Beginnings. I think it was like specifically an origin story kind of podcast. And mm -hmm. but I'd been invited to do it much like the first time you invited me to do your podcast. Like we didn't really know each other. Right. Uh and so I didn't really, but the idea of being invited to, you know, to do something that is some combination of, you know, a social activity and show business, you know, uh, the, like, you know, as a comedian, I mean, I understand the reason, like I, where your dad doesn't understand, I do understand why you want to share of yourself in the way that you're doing it, uh, artistically, creatively, communally. Well, I mean, on, on top of it, like being kind of on the record for when I'm not here anymore, the people who love me can come back and listen. And also, like, maybe the people who just meet me can sort of understand my origins a little bit more and see where I've evolved from the 33-year-old version of myself and so on and so on and so on. Uh, I, I will continue to do this until I no longer live. That's why it's evolving, because you, you, stop, you stop evolving, then you die. Uh, yeah, I mean, and who knows? I mean, like, I don't have any evidence of uh, of what happens after we die. So, like, there's certainly, you know, the matter and the energy continue doing their thing. Um, well, maybe I'll still do it. Yeah, I think I think you can keep podcasting after you die. Just you though. Um, so I went on I went on this podcast with Andy Beckerman in 2012 ish, and I remember like taking the train or driving or doing getting to get into his home to do his, the podcast. And I feel like earlier in the day I was not in my favorite mood. Wasn't you know, just wasn't bubbling with enthusiasm, uh, about life at that point. And I did the podcast and I remember it was just such an engaging dynamic conversation with somebody who I did to people. I didn't really know at all. And I came out of it like invigorated and I was remember leaving and just being like, wow, like what a, what an amazing experience. And that's why, like when I, I started my own podcast, like shortly thereafter, and I called it hang out with me because of just the, the power of spending time with people who want to spend time with you, you know, fellow curious people, people, uh, enjoying that connection and communion and creation. And, and so, I mean, it's hard for, I, I understand that not everybody wants to, like I dated a woman about 10 years ago who was a lawyer and she loved comedy. She loved music. She loved taking in, you know, that which was mm -hmm. created for people to consume. And she did not create yeah. such things herself. Yeah. Uh, and that's fine. I like. I don't. I can't imagine specifically, like living a life where I don't write or sing or do comedy or you know create something in some form uh, on some 
regular basis. I mean, maybe at some point I won't. Maybe I'll evolve to be done. But for now, uh, I am still doing, uh, still being, still becoming. And uh, and so I'm just I am grateful that my mom and my dad both did get to uh, sit down with me. And maybe I'll have them on again because, I mean, the thing that you were saying, I don't specifically think about people i mean i i think now intellectually about people listening to my comedy or my podcasts when i'm dead like i know that that is a thing that will be possible uh as far as i know at this point like i know that i'm very grateful that for the people that i know that have died like my grandmother or like comedians like mike di stefano you know i'm glad that he recorded albums and podcasts and stories that uh that i can revisit and that people can newly rediscover i know that like mitch hedberg people are still every once in a while like my mom kind of just learned about mitch hedberg like some from me and some from a newspaper and you know like that was quoting some of his jokes and like there's so much uh comedy in the world there's so much content there's so much art uh mm -hmm. that you know in one life, you can't experience it all. And so in that respect, it's like, you know, we don't even, we don't even need to keep adding to the pile, but it's, so I don't think about it as being like, Hey, this will be great for other people to have, uh, when I'm dead other than like, it is, it's true. It's nice. But I'm just glad like now knowing that I have my grandmother's podcast, I'm like, Oh, that's like, you know, it's not like I listen to it every day, but just knowing that it's there, you know, it's like on the shelf, it's in the, in the queue it's in the realm of the possible so uh i mean that that's your answer for your dad dad you know like i i learned i didn't learn it by watching you you know uh i hope you get your dad on your podcast someday oh yeah me too me too i really do i if you want it, it, it it's cool that we're we're adult adult men now and can have conversations about like real stuff that like i don't think i was too you know i was too scared to say to him when I was a kid, like, <clears throat> like when he tried in that same conversation, he, he tried to then bring up, what do you think happened? Why do you think me and your mom didn't work? And I'm like, do you really want me to answer this question? Like I'd go wow. back, back in my head. I'm like, do you think that I, that I wasn't there, that I didn't see what was happening? Did you think that like, and I wouldn't have had the balls to say this when I was younger, but I was like, yeah, dude, like, you were abusive and uh, you're a jerk. And she didn't want her children to be raised by an abusive jerk. So that's why it ended. And he's like, oh, it's not because she's a lesbian. I'm like, well, that's a, fa that's something, but she loved you. Like doesn't doesn't take away the fact that she loved you, but you're a dick. And sorry. Thank thanks for thanks for being a dick though, because I forgave you before you would ever ask me to forgive you because of the fact that you were a dick and you were a jerk. I turned out to be pretty cool. I like the way I am. And uh, who knows if you would have stayed around and you were a jerk, I would have been more damaged. And the those other kids that you raised needed you more than I did. Because I was left with an amazing role model that was my mother. And then he was like, oh, yeah, see, you know, I knew I was doing the right thing. Oh, okay. So <laughs> absolve yourself of any wrongdoings. Sure, go ahead. Oh, yeah. You know, 
uh first of all uh i i'm glad that you love who you are and uh and i'm sorry that i think both of those things can exist you know intertwined that we can be grateful for who we are while also like you know if you if you're hurt like it doesn't mean that here's the analogy that i want to add uh there's a, a woman named Esther Perel. Do you know her? She's a, a therapist and an author. And she writes about relationships a lot and talks about relationships a lot. And infidelity in particular, she talks about uh, one of the things that she talks about is that sometimes when a couple uh, endures an infidelity, she says, first of all, the victim of the affair isn't always the victim of the relationship, uh, that there's more complexities involved sometimes, but that for some couples, uh, if there has been an infidelity, that can be an impetus, a catalyst for greater connection and communion for them to, you know, get through it, for them to get past it, for them to process it and talk about it and become even stronger, uh, mm -hmm. the same way, or an analogy to like, I read the poems and, uh, and stories and things by this guy, Mark Nepo, who is, uh, an author I like a lot who had cancer at one point, And he's like, it was, you know, the most painful thing that he'd experienced physically, I believe. And that it also, in addition to that pain helped him like get in touch with, a a deeper spiritual understanding of himself and life. And the through line here is for both of these situations, it's not like, oh, an infidelity can be a way to get closer to your partner. Oh, uh, cancer, that could be a way to develop a deeper appreciation for life. Uh, so why not go out and cheat and try and put yourself uh, at risk for cancer? Um, and so similarly, like your, I mean, it sounds like you've come, uh, through some challenging situations to where you are and, uh, and you can experience what you're experiencing without, you know, wishing for those things to happen or willing them be like, oh, well, that's like, if you had a kid, uh, you you'd be like, well, I know I'll do exactly what my dad did to turn out, uh, the kid. Yeah, hopefully he comes out as rad as me. <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's very complex to like, it sounds like you don't want to like hurt your dad's feelings, uh, but you also don't want to like, it's not that you've forgiven him, but you don't want him to like, the way that, for, I, my understanding of forgiveness is that there's like two aspects of it. Like mm -hmm. one is like you, what you're doing is for you. Like the idea that, uh, they say, you know, holding a grudge is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. And so you, what you are doing, like forgiving is like the reverse of that. You are essentially taking vitamins and hoping that it helps improve the health of your father. And, <laughs> and, from the other end of things, like, so one aspect, like there's two parties involved in this, you know, forgiveness mechanism. One is you and one is him. And he doesn't, I feel like he doesn't reap the full benefits of it. If he doesn't do the internal work himself, if he doesn't, you know, have a reckoning, have, you know, an experience of atonement where not, 
like, you know, sort of in conversations today when like some when a celebrity says something that people are like, hey, I don't like that that celebrity said that thing. And then a that they might apologize like the the real powerful core of like I feel like some people are like, no, like a comedian never apologize for anything. You know, like you're a comedian, you say what you want. And I'm like, well, you know, like if I realized that I had hurt someone like with my words or like, you know, the analogy that I like is if I don't mean to step on your foot, but I step on your foot and you're like, ow, you stepped on my foot. I'm going to say, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say, well, I didn't intend to step on your foot. So watch where your foot goes. That's where my foot Get goes. My yeah, this <laughs> comedian walk in here. Um, and this is all to say, I think, uh, as I, as I reconvene all my thoughts. Oh yeah. Like the, it's not that people have to apologize as like a knee jerk as a rule, but like apology is, you know, a powerful real thing that like, you know, if your dad said to you at some point, if you had said what you said to him and instead of him saying like, Oh, I guess I did find them. Uh, if he had been like, Oh, like I, you know, I didn't, I didn't intend to hurt you. I didn't want to hurt you. I'm sorry that I did hurt you. It now makes it makes me feel hurt to realize that I hurt you. Like that would be a different, like mutual forgiveness, you know, power activate experience that. And, and the reason that he didn't say those things is probably because of how painful it would be for him to actually have a, a full understanding of the pain that he caused you. Well, I think very similar to me saying to him about the, the thing about my my mom's got her narratives that she tells herself. She's told these stories so many times. Helps her identify with who she is. My father's probably done the exact same thing. I think everybody does that. Are and you sure no your dad doesn't have uh, direct objective access to the universe? And he... Yeah, he's, not in. he's not really... He's not a very woke dude. He doesn't really understand accountability. No, that's... I mean, for sure, uh, what you said is exactly right. Uh, we're We're all, you know... We're until we're, you know, divinely enlightened Buddha omniscient masters of the universe, uh, or however one might put it, uh, we are, you know, we only have our own, our own consciousness, our own pieces, the, you know, the access to the, the perceptions and memories that we have. And we know that memory itself is fallible in a way. So, uh, certainly, uh, your mom, your dad, and you all have your own understanding of the facts. You know, you know what? Uh, I I quote a lot. Do you remember the Crow? The the movie with yeah, Brandon, Brandon Lee. Lee. Yeah. I don't know that I ever saw that movie. Would you recommend it? Well, uh, you know what? That was the movie that made me want to grow my hair long when I was a kid. Ha. I grew my, I grew long hair uh, when I saw that movie. And uh, I've had long hair since I was like in middle school. But hmm. I, I probably scene, wasn't allowed to see it uh, based on it either being or seeming violent. I was not allowed to see uh, like R-rated violent movies or even PG-13 R-rated or sorry, PG-13 type of movies that had violence in them uh, because my mom was pretty pacifistic. 
Well, let me ask you, are you allowed to watch rated R movies now? Now I am allowed to. I mean, Whoa. I would say I as an adult, I I have some of the some of the seeds that were planted, uh some of the pacifist seeds have blossomed and I I do like a good like dumb action like fighting movie, you know, like a like a Face Off or a Con Air or a The Rock, you know, or a Jason Statham. What's that? Demolition Man? Uh I saw I I did see Demolition Man. Yeah, that that kind of movie for sure. Yeah. Uh a, a John Wick to bring it into more yeah, I've Never seen those movies. movies. Oh, that like the first one, here's the thing. Uh like the they know what they're doing. I mean, it's like oh, it's a beautiful it's choreographed dance. There's no actual dialogue at all. From what I Oh seen. yeah, I mean, that's not, you know, there might not be any dialogue at the ballet either, you know. Um, it doesn't doesn't take away from the art of it. Yes. No, yeah. I think that I think that John Wick is like a ballet, and mm -hmm. but what I mean is, uh, I do I like a good movie where people are like a martial arts fighting, you know, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's not even you know an action movie, but has like mm -hmm. beautiful dance fighting in it, or your Jackie Chan type movies. Uh, and this is all to say, I do not like uh, gory type of horror movies. Like, I'm not a huge fan of being scared. I'm not a huge fan of uh, of looking at things that are usually inside a body, uh, being uh, outside. Like, for things like like your get outs, you know, and uh, cabin in the woodses. Like, if it's if it's smart and funny, and there's something more to it. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are tons throughout the ages of uh, of horror movies that I could enjoy, and yet still I have a visceral discomfort. So just to answer your question of am I allowed to? Yes, but do I choose to? Sometimes no. Well, I mean, somebody somebody told me to watch this show on Netflix. I don't even remember what it was called. Something about, something about like, alternate timelines and just stuff that normally fascinates me. They're like, oh, watch this show, watch this show, you'll love it. And I and I turned it on and there was like shooting guns and all over the place. And I was like, this isn't something I'm like in the mood to, mm. not in the mood, like it's not something that I really wanna deal with right now. I sure. I, I like all the, the concepts of alternate universes and timelines and such, but I don't like all the guns and the death and stuff. I mean, let me just, take a step back. Uh, I'm going to say I'm not allowed to watch that. Ha. That's funny. What what are some of your favorite specific uh pieces of, you know, screen art, TV shows, movies or what have you that you do love to watch? Dude, I'm I'm like huge on like comedy, like buddy comedy movies. I hmm. love like anything 90s buddy comedy. I can like quote all day like any Adam Sandler stuff, Jim Carrey, sure. Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, Wayne's World, uh, a lot of a lot of a uh, lot of Lorne Michaels SNL produced okay. movies. I could I could quote Night of the Roxbury from top to bottom. Not to say that it's a good movie, but oh sure, tons. Did you I watch? Was... Did you watch Palm Springs? Yeah, dude, that was great. Oh yeah, I really, I really liked that movie. Oh yeah, it it made me feel good. Uh, I'm also a big fan of alternate timeline type stuff. Uh, it wasn't dark, was it? Dark was a pretty good one. 
What was the? There's there's one a recent one that was on Amazon Prime. There was like a rom com with like temporal mm. anomalies. Oh man, what the heck was that called? I don't it was, know. It was it was cool. I mean, if I can remember the name, I'll text it to you. But it's definitely like something. It. To up. Thank you. And uh, the reason I was bringing up the crow was because, and and we'll get right off of it right after I say it. Please. But he. Uh, I know he like broke into the house of the mom who was this, she was the mom of this little girl, but she was like on drugs. So he like grabbed her arm and made the drugs come out of her arm. Mm. And he said, uh, mother is the word for God in the lips and hearts of children. Mm. This stuff's not good for you. And then, then left. And I was like, that, that popped with me. Like, I said that exact thing to my dad when we had a conversation. I was like, you realize like you, you were the first one to bring into my life objectifying my mother in front of me. You were the one to bring up, like I'd never heard the N word before you came around. I had never heard, I had never heard uh, the word pussy thrown around so much. That's not something I ever even say nowadays. Like this is not, you introduced this, you in relative terms, you were my example for what a person should be, and you are not showing me one that would make me want to follow in that footsteps. Uh, sure. Well, let me jump in and say, uh, I no longer think it's important for you to have your dad on your podcast. But, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you, uh, it seems like, you know, I'm sure it wasn't as simple as, you know, your dad is dark and your mom is light, uh, but that that you had like, you know, sometimes people, sometimes our parents are ways they do things, you know, our families are ways that we repeat the patterns of we imitate in ways uh, or learn from even if they're not constructive, even if they're harmful to ourselves and others. And sometimes it's like I, an example in my own family, like that I I talk about sometimes is my grandmother like was physically beaten by her mother but my grandmother did not physically beat her child and like obviously that doesn't mean that anyone was the perfect or you know nobody is evil necessarily nobody is like pure good or what have you but uh that you know some people are are hurt and then pass and continue to perpetuate that hurt some people are hurt and are like well i don't i don't like that so i'm not gonna do that and mm -hmm. it seems that i'm glad that you were able to at least you know if not in the moment as a child recognize dad this is uh racist and misogynistic and i don't like the kind of man that you're uh perpetuating me into being right. <laughs> but glad that you have come to where you are thank you Thank you. I'm I'm glad that, that where I am has brought me to having this conversation with you. I oh same. I constantly say, and I and I hope. I mean, if this applies, you, please use it. The to me, I say it every episode of the podcast. But how important it is to uh, bring value to the currency of effort. So the fact that you were able to spend, and like I said, like we were talking about, just hang out with me, where it's like it's. That you've gotten this, I'm sorry, I'm really sweaty, but <laughs> the effort in 
the currency in it. The the currency in the effort. The fact that like I can't I can't offer you anything except for the fact that like at the end of it, I'd hope you'd walk away and be like, Well, that was fucking cool. That was really cool. And I, you know, I hope people enjoy that. I get, I mean, who knows what's in it for anybody, but for sure the, what it, what's in it for me is the cool hangs, the cool conversations, the cool experiences and like what will evolve the podcast to, you know, me, me like continuing to get better at and hopefully not, you know, I, um, do you know who Al Snow is? Al Snow. I'm not sure if I do. He was a, a, a WWF wrestler back, back in the 90s. But he used to have a mannequin head. And they would say, what does everybody want? And he would shake the head. I don't think I know that, but I, I'm glad to learn. Okay. You, you, I'll talk to you about wrestling. After this. <laughs> he says, the in one of his shoot interviews, he says, uh, experience is the best teacher. And at the time I heard that, I needed to hear that more than I had ever needed to hear. But I applied that to everything now. Experience being the best teacher. So if nothing else can come from this, the experience can lend to your next conversation with somebody else being more valuable. Or maybe being something you can like sponge some meaning out of. Sure. What? Were you not allowed to watch wrestling as a kid? Uh, no, I would say I was allowed to, I just did not choose to, or not even, I start, I feel like I knew about wrestling up to a point. Like it was sort of part of my, like the child culture, uh, to know who here, here's the wrestlers that I knew as a child. I knew Hulk Hogan, who would at some point become known as Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Uh, I knew Andre the Giant uh, from wrestling and more valuably, ultimately, from The Princess Bride. Uh, I knew that there was a character named Junkyard Dog uh, who I I wonder I wonder how how the world of like progressive politics has, you know, intersected with uh, with wrestling in a way that like my understanding is that it was a man who was, he was a black man and he was like, I am a junkyard dog. And, uh, it seems to me like now, like, I don't know how, like, I feel like wrestling characters are, you know, sort of caricatures. They're kind of, you know, these bold, like avatars of like, some of them are meant to be villains. Some of them, like, it seems like there was probably some, you know, I mean, in Hulk Hogan's own life, there was, uh, at least, racist language as a uh as a news story that came across i feel like came my way at one point uh mm-hmm. i feel like you know the the concept of toxic masculinity is one that i bet you know i'm not say, i wouldn't say that uh every every man who engages with wrestling by either the practice of it or the enjoyment of it is necessarily like masculinity itself is not specifically necessarily toxic, but there is a way that our society, you know, sort of 
in ways indoctrinates or perpetuates this uh the aggression the the sort of the the lionization the the uh you know the making it seem as though you know like i was just watching somebody on seth meyers the other day i forget their name but they were talking about uh you know like real world violence and the ways in which like the language of video game culture and even comedy culture like you know the idea of you're killing it you know like the idea that there's aggression in in just the the everyday like normalized language that we use and so yeah dude uh, if you're doing good you're bombing it's it's so and uh in any event so uh, I knew about Jake the Snake. I knew about uh, Randy Macho Man Savage. I knew about uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. In fact, my girlfriend just introduced me to the movie They Live, which I hadn't seen until <laughs> this past year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I so I like and here's a, the other the only other time that I engaged with wrestling was like video game wise. There was like a Nintendo wrestling game and then there was like a a Royal Rumble like video game in the arcade that I played. So there was a guy, oh, Earthquake. That was a, a big guy that I liked playing sometimes. But uh ooh, there were like there were a couple guys that like kind of looked dressed up like Kiss, like just but a tag team. Oh, Demolition. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, the ultimate warrior, of course. Uh my friend Joe List is a comedian who made some videos years ago where he dressed up as the ultimate warrior, but he's like a super skinny dude. And, uh, the videos were called the ultimate warrior and, uh, pretty fun stuff. But, uh, yeah, so this is, this is a very long answer about how I like didn't really get into, I didn't continue engaging with and learning about wrestling beyond like elementary school. I'm interested in, I think, I know that your your special was called uh, Dork and Handsome. There was Dork Small and Dork there. and Handsome. But I, I was more emphasizing the dork part. Dorks, oh, sure. Dorks love wrestling. Wrestling's cheesy, and I'm surprised that as a, somebody who identifies as a dork isn't a wrestling fan. I mean, because well, it's, it's, you know, the weird thing is, it's like, I feel like I could introduce you to like matches and and see your live reactions from them and we could like make a make a, like a episode out of that. It's Wait. possible. And but here's here's what I'll say is like I don't have a specific uh like I I'm not I don't have any allegiance to like the identity of dork no. Or no, just, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not one, but I, right. the thing, the ways in like the ways in which I am dorky, like yeah. are manifold. Like, you know, I love yeah. I love playing with words. I love crosswords. I love comic books. I love sci fi. You know, I love certain like I'm I've been getting into Ursula K. Le Guin novels that some of them are fantasy, some of them are sci fi uh, and a bunch of other uh, authors. The, the point is, like, I mean, my life is. There's there's more life than I can experience. There's more. You're full up. <laughs> what? 
full up on. Oh, I mean, I kind of like, I mean, I haven't read everything by all of my, my favorite authors yet. So it's like, I don't necessarily have time to introduce uh, a, a whole new genre. Like, in fact, if I were, I'd probably make it video games because I also haven't really, I haven't owned a video game system since I was in high school, partially by choice because of how much time I know video games sometimes uh, manifest in my experience. I can be a, an a obsessive or compulsive type of person. Though I did recently, a couple months ago, get a an Oculus VR, a virtual reality helmet that Ooh. has in it. I mean, it has some games, but I I've mostly I've been I've been playing uh, a virtual ping pong, a virtual mini golf. Uh, there's a cool meditation app or two, and then a bunch of other stuff. And this is a thing that like I'm conscious of how much time like I I have so many things that I want to do and that I enjoy doing like you know creating comedy doing shows creating music creating podcasts like reading taking in like the art and entertainment that I want to and like I'm sure that there's like there's beautiful artistic and entertainment experiences of all kinds of genres. Like when I've seen burlesque shows, I've loved them. When, like I've never seen roller derby, but I'm sure that I would love it. Like, oh, yeah. but, <laughs> and similarly to, uh, you know, like your love of wrestling. Like, I mean, I'm not a huge, like go to live sporting events guy, but like the aforementioned Joe list, uh, my friend, a comedian, a couple of years I, ago, we were both performing during the wrestling matches this past the, the two years ago, I think. Oh, sure, sure, sure. That makes sense. Uh, Joe and I were both performing at different places in Minneapolis the same week. Mm -hmm. And we met up and uh, we're like, you know, I just like spending time with my friend and he likes baseball. And he's like, there's a new baseball stadium. Do you want to go to a game? And I was like, I'd, I'll hang out with you wherever. So like we hung out at a baseball game. And so I can understand that, like, if I am seeing wrestling through the eyes of somebody who loves wrestling, I get it. It's it's theater. It's a performance. It's uh, an entertaining, engaging activity. Uh and I don't mean to say like, I get it, so I don't have to do it. I mean, I know that I don't have to do it. I'm, it's not that I'm not allowed to do it, but just uh, I haven't yet. And you've also, you have been very generous and invited me to some wrestling events that uh, you've been a part of. And, and I have not yet accepted these invitations in part because... I would almost always instead be like, if I was going to, you know, perform as in conjunction with a wrestling right. event, uh, yeah. I, I almost always like have an opportunity to perform like my standup, my, you know, the, the things that I like love doing and love working on, you know, my life's work. And it's not yeah. to say that I don't like trying new things. One time I was a guest judge for the, I think national air guitar competition. <laughs> uh finals and uh that's it i'm full up i got enough i got enough i don't need any more things <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean that is so i i love that you love wrestling and uh i'll i'll continue to wrestle with the idea of uh potentially inviting wrestling into my 
life experience. But I did want to also just just to make it clear that, you know, there's so many kinds of dorks and nerds and, you know, there's, oh, yeah. there's even there's sports nerds out there. You know, there's I feel like all you have to do, like if you want if you want to or don't want to identify as like a dork or a nerd of something like sure, right. you, your classic ones are good at math or, you know, care about these specific uh, things. But these days I feel like there's so many, like, I feel like, you know, my girlfriend's like a knitting dork now, you know, that kind of thing. Like you just, if you p love something so purely and you spend so much time engaging with it, doing it, learning about it, uh, and that and experiencing it and then and sharing that love with people who also love it then uh if you love anything you're a dork that's what i say <laughs> you know i just definitely uh when you did talk about video games I, I was going in my head i was like man i i just am i just am not good at them at all and i'm glad i'm not good at them because i feel like while i'm playing at them and i'm not good at it I'm not being productive. I could be doing something that lends to my time better, that is a better use of the effort that is my, my the currency that is my effort. And if I'm continuously losing and losing and losing, I'm going to go do something where I can feel like I'm winning and winning and winning. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I would offer that in the world of comedy, sometimes when a person starts out, they might be losing and losing and losing. But if they want to get better and if they love it so much that it's worth going through the growing pains, the awkward stage of months, years, or decades, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever been horrible for decades but uh, and kept at it, but go for it. And, you know, and, like, dude, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't, I really would not be surprised if that was the case. Yeah. If you, but if you love it, even if you know that you're not good at it, like I feel like the one goal that makes sense to me to have in life is to do the things that you love and do the things that you're good at and try to get good at the things you love and try to love the things that you're good at. Perhaps, you know, some try to try to intertwine uh, those two things if you can. <laughs> just ropes man just hmm. pull the things you love towards the things you're good at and pull the things you're good at towards the things you love it's oh, all yeah it's, it... it's 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 really it's it's not hard there's so it's it's funny because we were talking about boredom earlier and you were saying the whole like if you're bored if you're bored then you're boring but like we live in a world where Boredom doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, I wind up asking people all the time, when was the last time you were bored? Like, when was the last time you were fully bored? Or fully, like, didn't know the answer to a question that you had. Or wondered something and didn't automatically look it right up on your phone. Like, I, I really, I, I'm hooked on IMDb. And that, that usually is like my go-to. I'm like, oh, who is this person from? And then IMDB right away. I have to find out who they are. But like I took myself out of that where I go, I have to figure it out or I'm just going to not know. Because like that's a, a practice in like patience and 
I hopefully, hopefully am learning more and more patience as time goes on. Sounds like a fine plan. Yeah, I mean, certainly when my girlfriend and I watch shows uh, or movies, sometimes we see actors that have uh, we've seen before. And it does feel, in a way, more rewarding to remember without looking that mm -hmm. they were from The Good Wife. They're always from The Good Wife. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, but also, uh, if we don't figure it out, then it is fun to look it up as well. It's fun, it's fun to learn. It's fun to remember, and it's fun to learn. So, uh, either way, enjoy it, if you can. Do you have... I, I want to make sure I, I say to you, while we're on the record, I hope we can do we continue to do these check-ins every once in a while. I, I'd like sure. to have you on more often, but I want to say on the record how grateful I am and how lovely this time's been and how much I appreciate your effort and your time. And oh, thank you. I, I feel the same. I, I'll put on the record, uh, I don't remember what happened or what we said in our first conversation several years ago, but uh, you can have this to listen back to before we go to next time to say that uh, I harbor, uh, you know, people only talk about harboring ill will towards people. I don't even know. I harbor healthy will towards you. And that's, I've never even thought about that. That's a, a, a beautiful new uh, world debut that I'm going to remember and record in my my joke robot, uh, I harbor healthy will towards you. Uh, I think fondly of you. This is, uh, you're, you're a, a thoughtful fellow, a kind fellow. And, uh, and I'm also, I'm specifically grateful to have gotten to know some, like it within all the talking about the fact that sometimes we, get asked the same questions uh mm -hmm. about our origins perhaps like i was happy to learn about your origins what with as much as you shared with me about your parents and i'm sure like it's funny because here i am now saying like you've probably i'm sure talked about you on your podcast before but i when i'm on my podcast i know i have this experience very frequently that every once in a while somebody i say something and it makes my guests say oh wow what what's this? Can you answer this question for me? And it's not that I don't want to. It's not that I like, I'm like, oh, it's a com we're having a conversation. Uh, and so of course you, my friend or a person who doesn't know this thing about me, I will share it with you knowing full well that I may have also shared it with uh, other guests and the audience. Uh, however, however frequently uh, it comes up in the past. So I, I want to, I, I guess, I don't know if it's a, an apology is necessary to you. Sorry to make you talk about yourself as much as you did, but sincerely, it was uh, some of my favorite uh, components of this conversation was learning more about you specifically. Thanks, Mike. I, I, I super appreciate that. I thank you for all the compliments. I, I, was, I was thinking about just now when you were saying that, I've wound up saying the things. I, maybe I've said some of this stuff before. Maybe I've had these conversations. Do you run into that as well? Like wind up, like when your listeners will be like, man, I've heard that story so many times. I've heard you say that exact thing so many times. And like, ever wonder about like getting insecure about repeating the same stuff over and over? Uh, here's what I say 
to that? Good question, number one. Uh, and it's gonna, I have a couple things to say about it. One of them will sort of wrap us all the way back around to where we started in a way, uh, perhaps appropriately. I, the way that I will usually broach a topic that I think maybe I've talked about before uh, on on a podcast where my goal is to, you know, get, have new conversations, get to know another person, not necessarily share the same things over and over. Uh, number one, or I don't know if we're on number two yet. I will, I will introduce it by saying like, you know, I may have talked about this before, like not in an apologetic way or maybe in a partially apologetic way, but, uh, just to, to be aware, to acknowledge, to be like, I, I know that this might not be, me saying this for the first time. Number two, uh, I have never, mm, that'll be number three. Number two, uh, number three will be about my grandmother. Number two, I will say that I have, oh, oh yeah, number two is about my grandmother. Here it is. I, the, the same, how do I want to put this? Uh, the same leeway that I mentioned earlier that I, would grant to my grandmother when she would tell the same stories over and over again, I, where I would come to accept and perhaps even embrace and celebrate and be like, ah, this one again, that I'll, I'll grant myself in some ways, you know, I love my grandmother. And if people are listening to me, hopefully they have some positive regard for me and the things that I say. And if they're a fan enough that they've listened enough that they're hearing things repeatedly, that means that they must like me enough that they want to keep hearing the things that I say, even if I do say something new uh, yeah. or not new, even if I say something not new once in a while, there we go. Uh, so I would say I'll grant myself that same uh, leeway. Number three, I have never had somebody say to me or write to me or respond or comment to uh, after a podcast, you told that story before. Uh, it's never been the case. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like the only time that happened to me in a way was when I put out my first album in 2010 and I was also on Last Comic Standing and I also had a half hour Comedy Central special out that year. Met, and there was a lot of the same material in those three different places. Uh -huh. I did have a review on Amazon of my album that said, this is a lot of the stuff that's on the special. And then one time uh, after a last comic standing set, somebody was like, Hey, I saw those jokes in a video that you did for rooftop comedy uh, earlier this year. And that was funny to me because that was the only set I did on Last Comic Standing that was not from that album. I was like, these are new jokes, but somebody had still seen them in one place that they had existed previously. But other than those two specific circumstances, I have not specifically had, uh, I'd say most of my life experience as a comedian has involved people either not noticing, not caring, or even caring in the other direction to be like, oh, like, I like this one. I like these ones. And I think also people do understand that a podcast conversation is different than, uh, than a performance. You know, like if I were to put out an album and then put out another album that had the same jokes on it, uh, and so like, like, oh, this is, is this the same album? But 
in a conversation, like sometimes yeah. I say the same things to my girlfriend over and over. Sometimes wow. I say the same things like to a friend who's known you long enough, like the songs, the hit songs of our lives become like the hit songs that we get to like, you know, duet together. Yeah. And the thing that connects all the way back to the beginning, I think this is one of the first things we talked about is uh, the Mark Marin thing of worrying that the guy in the audience wasn't happy but right. really that guy was happy and the only person that was saying fuck you to mark maron was the mar the fuck you guy in mark maron's own head so when you say like am i you know worried or insecure about the fact about the possibility of saying the same thing over and over again uh if i am which i have been i'm sure at times uh because of all this i would now i now say to myself i'm like the person the only really the main person who's uh concerned about it and would judge it and would take issue with it is in is the little mark marin in my own head uh and that uh that is a the way that i end every podcast that i've ever done with that whole extended uh four point bit that's just that's my podcast closer <laughs> heard that one before <laughs> no but i would hope i would hope anybody who's interested in hearing these conversations understand that anybody i'm having the conversations with is somebody who i've never had this conversation with before it's not like it's only being said so that you can hear it. It's being said so that the other person can volley back and forth in a in a dialogue uh, and understanding that hopefully anybody who'd be into what I'm doing would have grace in the growth. Um, oh, yeah. If, if I may, uh, here's a brief impression of uh, a fan of Picasso being like, hey, I've seen that color before. Use it. How about yellow? We've. We've seen blue, you know. Well, I was thinking of like, uh, like um, was it, uh, Bill Burr in the Paper Tiger. He was like, "Oh, I've seen that actor. I he died in the other movie. Why is he in this movie?" Like, That's I saw funny. that guy in a different movie. It was it was a, the bit off of uh, the Brian Cranston playing ah. the quadriplegic. He was like, "I dig oh, it." I saw that guy in another movie. And he died. Why is he in this movie? It's like, it's acting. Uh, well, but, just to be clear, uh, I, I think and hope that my my fun bit here, which is about Picasso, is completely different. And uh, and that I, uh, moving forward, uh, I'm not going to re-familiarize myself with that Bill Burr bit by any means. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, also my bit is about how, uh, this person who doesn't like Picasso's blue phase doesn't like blue material. Hmm. Ah, they, they gotta brow it up a little higher. <laughs> um, yes. Oh yeah. I was thinking, did you ever see, did you ever see the wild west comedy tour, the Vince Vaughn documentary? I don't, I don't know if I did. I, it's funny. Like if I did. I don't have a real memory of it, so I think I didn't. <laughs> I do. A, I do love listening to Sebastian Maniscalco, who was on it, right? Like yeah, that, that guy's. A, he's hilarious. His voice yeah. is so. He's just like an instrument. Like I don't care what the lyrics are, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the the cadence too, like the the way the way it's like oh, yeah. beep, 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 beep. <laughs> the the frequency. 
But yes. there's a scene that that like stands out, and it, it 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 really it goes hand in hand with your Marin bit. But it's like John Caparulo is on stage, and he's like, it's a there's a, it's like a lot of people they're playing at a college or something, and he's like, anybody ever work at fast food? Ever work at Burger King? And somebody in the back screamed, "Fuck yeah!" And he thought they said, fuck you. And he's like, oh, you got to work some stuff out, buddy. You got something going on. And then he got in the back and he's like, yo, what was up with that dickhead who screamed, fuck you? And the guy was like, hey, he screamed, fuck yeah, dude. And he was like, oh, man, I just because you're so ready. You're so ready to to have somebody, uh, you know, try to try to come at you that that you're on guard up there. It's the vulnerability. Oh, yeah, There's I a, would say. If you're wearing armor, then you might expect somebody to come at you with a lance. Um, right. I'll, I'll also just just want to, as a, a brief citation, uh, when you meant you you referred to it as my Marin bit, and just to be clear, it's certainly Mark Marin's own bit. Just that's well, uh, my Marin bit that you had brought up. Oh yeah, not the not, the telling of a story. Yes. Right. right. For sure, the ownership yeah. of that belongs to Mark Marin and not you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not hitting the uh, the talk show circuits. Being like, so I was watching Mark Marin the other day, and he had a good one. <laughs> um, dude, two more things, and then Please. then I'll send you off with a hot dog and a handshake. You just, <laughs> just uh, go right off into the sunset. One, there's a thing, considering we were talking about our fascination with like alternate timelines and time travel and alternate universes, I have this thing where I uh, I have a segment in the show that I call audio time travel. Okay, so let's say the people you care about are now listening to this audio because this audio is outliving us. They're listening to this audio in uh, 2041. They've come across this and they want to they want to like they want to just ring out the the most important lessons that they can take from the timestamp of 2020 2021 and how they can how they can be inspired what what are those lessons that you're telling them? you're speaking uh, directly to them right now this is audio time travel sure i understand i can it be a little later than that i do still plan to be alive in 2041 um no, you didn't Dead, dude, you don't have to be dead. I'm just oh, saying, great, great, great. Okay, good, this good. version of you now, you could be the one listening to yourself. Mm. Uh, all right. I mean, there's so much great advice out there that I love. Uh, there's a, a quote by Shunryu Suzuki who said to his students and everyone something like, You are perfect just the way you are, and also could stand some improvement. Uh, and so I think that that offers us the capacity to hopefully, you know, be grateful for what we have and who we are. Like gratitude is so powerful, not as a prescriptive thing, not like you've got to be, you better be, but that in my own experience, like when I start the day, like if I'm journaling and thinking about people who I love and, uh, art that I've enjoyed and you know the the aspects of my life that i am grateful for that that fills that space with gratitude and also uh i'm i am continuing to endeavor to uh to grow 
to learn more, to have new experiences, maybe, maybe wrestling. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess also I, for specifically for pandemic advice to myself is, uh, to know that like, it's okay to slow down. It's okay to take a breath. You know, it's okay to, uh, in fact, not only is it okay to, it's sometimes helpful to, uh, you know, to not necessarily need more and more. Uh, I just listened to my friend, Chris Duffy has a new podcast called, uh, how to be, a, or yeah, how to be a better human, I think is what it's called. And he had a guest on that offered this advice or this quote that I've heard in versions before, but it just, you know, this is the most recent time I heard it is, uh, that happiness is about subtraction that, you know, in our world, in our society, in capitalism, you know, in, in a world with advertising and marketing and people that want you to keep, you know, buying things like keep buying food so that you put, can eat put on the sunglasses, put it on the sunglasses. Oh yeah. Um, they live references, what I would make. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, knowing that I didn't perform like in a building at all in the past year and up in for the last 18 years before that, that would have been, I mean, a bananas proposition to me to know that, you know, my identity is not necessarily attached to, you know, even what I thought, uh, like my daily activities were for the past 18 years. So just, you know, self, self, self-acceptance, self-compassion, and also self-motivation, you know, to, can I uh, in real quick, just to, just to acknowledge yeah. how, how, uh, how grateful I am to that you didn't go through crisis because once that happens, a lot of people will spiral into crisis. So uh, you 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 have a way of inspiring me in that in that way where <clears throat> that's 18 years you were something and you were unable to be that something for one year. So the the fact that you can look at that in a healthy way and understand that it's temporary because the the relativity. I mean, it, this is one year out of, you know, however many you've got. Oh yeah. And I mean, even though I couldn't perform live in buildings, I was still performing and being a comedian in the ways that I could. And, uh, you know, I also wasn't a comedian for more than half of my life to begin with. So like, I'm very accustomed to not performing in buildings, though I did some performing as a musician. Um, but once live performing returns, I'm optimistic that I will continue to perform for some years. And eventually I'll have more performing years than non-performing years under my belt. And then I'll really be a comedian. I I have way more performing years as a wrestler than not performing ah. years. As a that, that makes me an old man. <laughs> it's fun, man. It's fun to be on the other side of uh, being something for longer then you weren't that thing. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't wait till you join me in this in this ha. journey. Oh, uh, I I look forward to whatever might come. 
<laughs> so the the way I wrap it up every time, uh, I'm going to ask you to repeat that long story, that four part story that I ask everybody to repeat their biggest four part wrap it up story. <laughs> no, but the way the way we wrap it up is I always ask. Uh, I, I I let you know. Hypothetically, I've gifted you this podcast. So from now on, uh, it's evolving with Mike Kaplan. This has been episode one, your pilot episode, in a very Jerry Springer's final thought type of way. I'm going to just wrap up all the best messages and the takeaways and uh, take us take us home on a happy note uh, as best you can. And then at the end, just to keep it kind of silly, kind of goofy, do your best impression of Alf and say, hey, Willie. All right. Uh, you know, I guess one message is to always be, or at least sometimes be open to new, new activities, to new experiences, and also to be open to old beloved experiences. Because, you know, it's great to know what you love and do what you love. And also when you can't, or if you're given the opportunity to do something else, then, uh, then, Whatever is, whatever is on offer, why not do that? So be open uh, to the old and be open to the new. And I guess when I think about if this is my podcast from now on, evolving with Mike Kaplan, like, is it true that I will get to now invite other people to have these conversations? Will Mike Kaplan do this? Hey, Willie? <laughs> that was the best one so far. Oh, I'm glad. Thanks so much for your time. I want to I want to also make sure I say on the record before before we before we depart that uh, you know, I I'm always happy any any at any point if I can be a resource to you in any way, please feel free if you just need if you just need a friend, you just need judgment-free conversation. I'm only a phone call away, only a text away. I'm always here for you. No matter what you need, I'm gonna be here for you. Any advice or any uh, suggestions that you'd like? Absolutely, head Thank in you, this man. direction. And I uh, very much appreciate it. I want to let everybody who's listening or watching or however you're consuming this. Uh, know that that invitation also goes to you. I'm not a very hard person to get a hold of. Uh, if you feel like you've got nobody, please know you've got me. I would love to be a resource to you and help you in any way. And want to also let you know, if if you can go back, there's like 234 other episodes of this podcast. Check, check them all out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Sh subscribe on the YouTube so that you can see the full videos. YouTube.com slash Corey Castle. And, uh, you know, Keep on, keep on enjoying yourself. Be fun. Have safe. Keep evolving. Thank you, my friend. All right.